Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, My Savior's Love.
April 1912, the Titanic, the largest ship this world has ever seen, sailed in her first voyage from England to America. She was believed unsinkable. Her course was straight and swift. Her 2,200 passengers were carefree and happy. They did not know that she was headed for trouble. At 9 o'clock in the morning on the second day out to sea, the Titanic's wireless operator received a warning of icebergs in the ship's track. He did not bother to take the message down. About noon, the second warning came. The captain asked to have a message posted. In the afternoon, a third ice warning came. Lookouts were cautioned to be on alert. At 10 o'clock, lights were going out in the cabins. People were settling down for the night. The great ship plowed through the night. On the bridge, the first officer peered out into the darkness. He could see nothing. He watched the compass located next to the quartermaster who stood at the great wheel. Watch out, he cried. Then the ship's bell clanged. The officers strained in the dark. They were in trouble. In their path laid a vague, monstrous white shape. For a moment, the men were frozen in their places. Then frantically, the quartermaster tugged at the wheel. The first officer sprang to the engine room. Stop! Reverse the engines! There was a slight bump, a dull scraping. The ship came to a stop and the engines were quiet. They had struck the iceberg. The officers below tried to quiet the passengers. The Titanic is safe. She's unsinkable. But far below in the boiler rooms, the men could see the jagged 300-foot slash in the great ship. She was open to the sea. The wireless operator sent a message for help to all ships in the area. While the SOS was still ringing in the air, the captain gave the command to lower the lifeboats. Women and children first, he shouted. The band began playing ragtime to keep the passengers' courage. The bow of the ship began to sink deeper and deeper while the great stern rose in the air. Then the band stopped playing ragtime and began playing near my God to thee. Soon the wireless shack was submerged in the water. The last lifeboat was over the side, but many still remained on the sinking ship. Jump, someone shouted, and over the side they went into the icy water. The great ship rose perpendicular and then slowly slipped under the water with a sucking sound. With the first light of the morning, the survivors in the choppy, icy water saw the mammoth villain. Majestic in the morning sunrise, the iceberg floated idly on the vast expanse of the sea. The people thought the Titanic was unsinkable, that it would get them where they wanted to go. The story has been told thousands of times, but still people today continue to count on good works, church attendance, the golden rule, the Ten Commandments, and other things to get them to heaven someday. But God had said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name than that of the Lord Jesus Christ under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. The only one who can truly trust is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will be faithful in taking us safely to heaven if we have trusted in him. 
Listen now as Courtney Cook sings for us this beautiful song entitled Beautiful, Terrible Cross. You are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning, that you are encouraged, and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church room to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 930 
Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We will be resuming our Sunday evening service very soon. And of course, we have resumed our Wednesday night Bible study here at the church at 7 p.m. And since these plans can be ever-changing, we encourage you to call the church office at 942-2131 if you have questions concerning our services. We invite you to listen or watch the services, which we've always provided. Our services are on Facebook Sunday morning at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. Listen now as Buddy Hand plays for us as a trumpet this wonderful song as the dear and I love you, Lord.
a Christian worker was visiting in Okinawa. And at the close of a Sunday service, he asked the pastor to introduce him to his most recent convert. He met a fisherman who had been saved less than a year. His answers to the Christian worker's questions were very enlightening. He asked, Your temples are much more beautiful than this simple little church building. What brought you here? The fisherman said, From childhood, I've only worshipped in fear. Behind all the artistic beauty and seeming reverence of our religion is the haunting fear of demons who, if not constantly appeased, will bring tragedy into our lives. I watched my eldest son die. He cried to me to help him, to tell him where he was going, to give him some comfort. He tore my heart. I stood by in complete helplessness. Yes, I went to our ancestors' tablets and there pleaded with the spirits to help, but to no avail. It was all hopeless and led only to despair. It was during this time of awful loneliness and grief that I listened to the gospel. For the first time, I heard a message of life and hope and peace and resurrection. How wonderful that this man found peace through trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. But what about you? If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you are just as hopeless as any heathen in any dark country on the face of the earth. All your religion and worshiping will give you no more peace and assurance than the religion of this poor fisherman. But if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you know the blessed assurance of sins forgiven, the blessed assurance of eternal life in heaven, and the blessed assurance these things can never be taken away from you. Listen to the words of this song as John Harris sings for us. He was there all the time. Time after time I went searching for peace in some void. I was trying to blame all my ills on this world I was in. Surface relationships used me till I was done.
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study porch for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, the parables of the Lord, the parable of the householder or the parable of the vineyard. It's found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 to 46, Mark chapter 12, verses 1 to 9, and Luke chapter 20, verses 9 to 19. Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 33. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it, built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen and went to a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that he, they might receive the fruit of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. And again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir, come and let us kill him, and seize upon his inheritance. And that's down to Matthew twenty-one thirty-eight. The synopsis of the parable is this. A householder built a vineyard and let it out to husbandmen and went to a far country. At the time of the harvest, the householder sent his servants to the husbandmen to receive the fruits of the vineyard. But what did the husbandmen do to the servants of the householder? They beat one, they killed one, they stoned one. And the householder sent more. And what did the husbandmen do? Did likewise unto them. He will send his son. Surely they will reverence his son. So the householder sends his son. The husbandman saw the son. He reasoned that he was the heir, so they took him out of the vineyard and they killed him. The identity of those people in the parable, the householder is God the Father, the far country is heaven, the vineyard is the nation of Israel, Isaiah 5, the husbandmen are the priests, the religious leaders of Israel, the far country, as we said, is heaven, the fruit is a spiritual evidence of salvation, of conversion, the servants are the Old Testament prophets, and the Son, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And concerning the Old Testament prophets, you can read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 33 to 38, but specifically verse 36 and 37 says, And others had trial of cruel mocking and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And the parable continues. And the Lord then asks, dealing with and talking to the Pharisees, when the Lord thereof the vineyard comes, what will he do unto the husbandmen? And they answer and they say unto him, verse 41, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard under other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And they actually perceive and understand that they know, Matthew 21, verse 45, and when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. The very next verse of Scripture says, but when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. 
So ironically, they knew the parable spake of them, of the chief priests, the religious leaders, the Pharisees. They knew what it meant, yet they wanted to take him right there and then because their hatred was so great against Christ, but they feared the multitude. They feared men, but they did not fear God. And the people took Christ as a prophet and not as the Messiah. Luke chapter 20, verse 16 says, He shall come and destroy these husbandmen and shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. So they knew, these religious leaders knew that it was speaking of them, and yet, what are they ultimately going to do? They're going to demand a Pilate to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's very important to look at verse 43. Therefore say I unto you that the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Listen, Matthew 21, 43, this is so important, is not a reference to the church, the body of Christ. Any interpretation of Matthew 21, 43 to make that nation the church, the body of Christ, is absolutely a wrong interpretation. It is absolutely a wrong conclusion. The nation bringing forth the fruits is not the body. Say, how do you know that? Because the church, the body of Christ, was a mystery and was not revealed by the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. And the church, the body of Christ, is not a nation. It's a body. It's a living organism. And the church's hope is not the kingdom of God. The reference to a nation bringing forth the fruit, it's to the little flock. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Literally, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven will be taken from you, you unbelieving Pharisees and chief priests, and be given to a nation, the little flock, saved Israel, who are bringing forth the fruits, meat for repentance. So we talk about rightly dividing the word of truth and looking at these parables. That's why it is so important to rightly divide, because there's honorable pastors and Bible scholars and teachers who want to make that nation of Matthew twenty one forty three to be the church. You can't do that. That's a wrong conclusion. We need to understand God's word. We need to rightly, rightly divide God's word. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, if you've never trusted him, won't you trust him right now, right where you're at, before it is eternally too late in your life? been listening to join the morning from the altoona bible church we trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast it is our prayerful desire that you know the lord jesus christ is your personal savior so until we meet again by radio this is pastor Stuart mcclellan wishing you god's best for now and for eternity Jesus is my name.